Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome to the show that is all about uncovering the awesome in the everyday. Each week, my co-hosts and I give our favorite tips, share our best stories, and confide our true confessions as we invite you to join us in the pursuit of awesome. This is episode 89 of Sorta Awesome. Well, welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm joined this week by my dear friend, Laura Lynn Fanning. Laura Lynn wrote for 12 years about life with her husband and their seven children at VitaFamilier.com. When she's not wifing or mothering, writing or drinking coffee, she can be found nurturing the art of writing in the next generation of wordsmiths, teaching writing to homeschool co-ops and online students at BraveWriter.com. She also recently launched her new and improved website, LauraLynnFanning.com, where she talks about parenting, writing, teaching, and the novel she's trying to write in that mythical thing that we call free time. So hi, Laura Lynn, and welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, thanks for having me. So glad you're here. And, you know, one of the things that we discuss a lot in our Facebook group, the Sorta Awesome Hangout, is about how to hang on to your identity and not neglect the things that really make you tick as a person as you get older, become an adult, you have a career, you have children, or all of the above. And you, Lorlin, you're somebody I always think of in those discussions because you are so dedicated to making time for the things that you are passionate about. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. How exactly do we go about creating systems in our life so that we can make time to be true to ourselves? And we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with Awesome of the Week. So what do you have for us this week? Okay, I'm going to start right off by breaking the rules. I have two. Oh, wow. You brought double the Awesome. I aim to be all-inclusive, and since the first awesome that came to mind was for parents, I wanted to have two so that we could cover everybody that doesn't have kids. So awesome. Um, Thank you. My first awesome is a math app. It's fairly new to the States. I think it's called Smartic, S-M-A-R-T-I-C-K. Okay. And it's been over, it's in 42 different countries, I think now, but it was a European app that some people from MIT brought over to the States because it was so effective. The cool thing about it is that it's adaptive. So as my kids take a pretest, it learns what they are strong in and what they're weak in, and then it adapts and gives them their lessons accordingly. Uh-huh. So they never really get too frustrated because, you know, especially homeschoolers, grade level is sort of a nebulous thing anyway. Yes. Um, this this tests them and strengthens the things where they need to be strengthened, um, which is great because it's less thinking on my part. 
Yes. Um, and so it's good. about 15 minutes a day. And then it emails me progress reports for each kid. So I know exactly what they worked on that day. I get an email every day. Plus, it means I know if they did it or not. And it will tell me if they finished the lesson. Uh-huh. Which for somebody who is trying to wrangle seven kids and all their school assignments is incredibly helpful. Yes. Um, but it will also tell me, hey, you need to talk to them about these particular um, concepts. They, they were weak in this and they should, they could use some parental involvement. So it tells me when I need to get involved and otherwise it just says, Hey, they did great. We'll check in with them tomorrow. So I find that just incredibly helpful. Um, and it's really great to supplement the curriculum that we're doing, um, for curriculum nerds. Um, it would work really well with Singapore math or with MEP math, which is what I use MEP. And that's, they're both, you know, from somewhere else. They're not us curriculums, but I think, Singapore is in some of the school systems now. So anyway, that's okay. parents. And then for everyone, there's this show on Netflix right now. It was on PBS called I'll Have What Phil's Having. And it's from the guy who wrote uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay. So Phil Rosenthal. And he is just kind of like an everyman. He is just friendly. Mm-hmm. He loves, he gets excited about good food. And he talks to you, talks to you like real people. Okay. Um, he's not a cook or a chef. And so he travels to these foreign places and eats the food and tells you how good it is. And you almost believe that you could sit down and enjoy a basket full of eels just because of the way that his face lights up when he talks about food. And he's traveling. So my husband and I watch it at night to wind down. But my kids are totally engrossed in it now. I showed them the first episode last night and they were like, this is the best. It's just pleasant, happy TV. Good. And they're I making love it. They're making another season okay. strictly for Netflix. So that's fantastic. Kyle and I both love to watch food stuff on TV, and I had not even heard of this one. In fact, we've been trying to find a new show to watch ourselves. So so good to know. So it's I'll have what Phil's what having. Phil's having on yes. Netflix. Okay. Yes. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. My awesome of the week this week is an online dollar store of sorts. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> and it's called holler.com. Holler, H-O-L-L-A-R.com. Have you heard of this at all, Lynn? No. Okay. I had not heard of it at all either, but on a recent Awesome of the Week thread in our Hangout group, so in our Facebook Hangout In our Facebook Hangout group every Friday, we um, have an Awesome of the Week thread where everybody talks about what's awesome in their life. And somebody mentioned on the thread, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember which awesome it was, but that she was so excited that she had found Holler.com and she'd been ordering from their um, nail polishes, specifically SE and OPI nail polishes that were super cheap. So yeah, even though I have that weird thing where I can't paint my actual fingernails, (laughs) because they can't breathe. (laughs) I do love to keep my toenails painted. And of course, like most women, I love Essie and OPI polishes. So because nobody cares if your toes breathe. No, they they apparently are not very sensitive to the breathing situation. They don't need oxygen. (laughs) No, no, just just my fingers do. (laughs) Which is completely rational, right? Right. 100%. Oh, I'm so strange. Um, Okay, so I went to check out holler.com and they really are. It's like an online dollar store. Now, 
dollar stores are a little dangerous for me as a person because I will go in there and just be like, oh, look, it's $2. Look, it's you know, a dollar. It's $4. And then I've spent like $65 and yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> the good thing is, of course, since it's an online shop, you can watch that total going up as you throw things in your cart, which I'm not so great about when I'm actually shopping in a dollar store. So I went to look at the nail polishes, but I discovered they have all kinds of stuff there. They have, first of all, they usually have a seasonal store. So at Christmas, they had like Christmas tree decorations. Um, Valentine's Day, they have Valentine's. I mean, they have some kind of seasonal stuff going on all the time. They also have birthday party supplies, which... Lord knows, Aww. you and I know when you've got a lot of kids and a lot of birthdays to celebrate, that yes. finding birthday party supplies on the cheap is an awesome thing. Um, they have toys, they have office supplies, um, like kitchen gadgets and stuff, all kinds of stuff. And it's really marked down prices. For example, the SE and OPI polishes that I went after are about three or four dollars a bottle. So about wow. half off of what you would find usually at the store. Um, now, of course, it's not going to be the most recent or current um, season of polishes. You know, they come out with their new line. That's what I mean. It's not going to be the most recent line that they've released, but it's still SE and OPI polishes. Um, they have NYX or NYX. I'm, I never know how to pronounce that. Um, they have lipsticks from them. They have LA Girl Cosmetics, all kinds of just like concealer and brushes and primer, all kinds of stuff that is all marked down. I do have to say... For some of the cosmetics things, you do want to double check prices, like maybe from Target.com or Amazon, because I've noticed some of the cosmetics, they were not marked down at all. For example, they carry a Maybelline concealer that I really love, and I have it in my makeup bag. I picked it up on Amazon um, for $8, and it was also $8 at Holler.com. Do your price double checking to make sure that you are getting a good deal, because not all of it is completely marked down. But for a lot of things, you can find some good prices. Also, I do want to say, because it's an online dollar store, you're not going to have the whole customer experience when you open up your box from them. It's very utilitarian. <laughs> like, I ordered like four things, and it came in this like completely plain cardboard box, just open it up. There was like, I don't even think there was like a packing receipt in there or anything. It was just like, here's your stuff. <laughs> Nothing fancy at all happening with your dollar, with your holler.com purchases. But, you know, if you're looking for a bargain on a couple of things, it's worth checking out. What about the cost of shipping? Okay. Um, I can't remember because like they do have a free shipping deal on your first order. So um, and I know they have free shipping over $25. So for example, if you are planning a, a kid's birthday party, you're, you can easily spend $25 getting party supplies together and then you would have free shipping. I think it's fairly reasonable under $25, but of course they want you to go ahead and add a few more things to your cart so you can get that free shipping deal. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, well, Laura Lynn, let's talk about some of this stuff that has to do with making time for the things that are important to you. Before we get into that, I would love for you to share just a little bit of your background, um, a little bit of your bio, just so we can kind of get a sense of who you are and what perspective you're coming from on all of this. Yeah. So we had um, two years of infertility and, and miscarriage before, um, the floodgates opened and we proceeded to be blessed with seven children mm -hmm. in um, about seven years. That's we right. do have 
one adopted daughter and a set of twins thrown in there, but it was literally a long time of babies. Yes. Um, and so I always tell people I was incubating or gestating for about 10 years That's right. um, or, or lactating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we did like 11 years of diapers in a row, consecutive oh nonstop. Yes. So I will tell you that like, I know what the Valley of the Shadow feels like where you are, you know, you are blessed, you are in love with these babies and you haven't slept in, you know, years. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I I do know what that feels like. Um, The cool thing was my husband um, put a blog in front of me right after my third child was born, which of course, naturally I would want to take lots of time to write three (laughs) children, two and under. I don't know what he was thinking, but (laughs) maybe he was trying to keep me sane. Um, But it was exactly the right thing to do because I justified the time that I spent churning out these stories by saying, well, I'm doing this for my kids. This is a family blog. I'm telling family stories. I can justify spending nap time doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, What I didn't realize was that it was probably keeping my brain from turning to mush. Right. Um, Yes. I think maybe, I don't know if my husband thought it through when he did that, but I think that's sort of what's happening. Yes. You know, in the middle of a crisis, I'm cleaning up spilled milk and arguing with the dog and changing diapers. But I'm also thinking, how can I write this later tonight to make it funny? Yes. And so one, it taught me a good attitude, helped me find the funny in everything because everything is blog worthy. And the worse the poop, the better the story. (laughs) That's so true. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So even though like babies are so all consuming, this gave me just a tiny little outlet. Um, and it sort of kept my brain going. I'm not saying I wrote genius stuff during those years, but I put words together in sentences that mostly made sense. Yes. So victory. Yes. You know, <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, and then as I sort of woke up after my youngest was not nursing anymore and was sleeping and, oh, hey, I'm a person. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm homeschooling kids at this time. So I'm doing things with my time more than just babies because by then my twins were old enough to be doing school. Right. Because your twins are your oldest, yes. of, oldest of the kids. Right. I started to begin to receive opportunities to do other things. And um, as I was homeschooling, I started learning more about teaching, writing. And so eventually I, I I had all these opportunities land in my lap that I could suddenly say yes to because I wasn't quite as sleep deprived. And my brain was just like pinging everywhere, ideas and things to do. So I said yes to a lot of things. Okay. And very quickly got overwhelmed. Right. Um, because it was, you know, it's too much. Also, uh, I think this is a good time to push pause. You know, I'm going to bring this up at some point. Yeah. By personality type, you're an ISFJ. Yes. ISFJs are widely known for saying yes to a lot of things and uh, definitely come to that point of just being like, wait a second. (laughs) I just, I want to say yes to all of the things, uh, but here's the, here's the reality of the time I have to work in. So I think that that is a familiar plight for lots of people of that personality type. Yeah. What I realized was that just because I could do something good or was even good at something didn't mean I should do it. Right. That I could leave some good stuff for other people to do. I didn't have to do everything. Um, so and one of those things was um, I 
sort of got involved in an MLM business mm-hmm. type model. And my team grew very quickly, not necessarily because of anything I did, but I had really good teammates. Um, but I realized I enjoyed teaching the classes a whole bunch because I enjoyed helping people and I loved the product, but I wasn't passionate about spreading the gospel of the product. Yes. And so I was able to take that and be like, you know what? I don't need to be pushing this. This is, this is perhaps the most lucrative thing I do, but this is not what I'm passionate about. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I walked away from it and I haven't left it completely, but I'm still available. I still use the product every day. But I don't necessarily need to be involved in that world. That wasn't where I wanted to be. Instead, I wanted to focus on teaching because I realized that was the part I really got excited about. Right. Um, so I had an opportunity to work for Brave Writer, which is um, – BraveWriter.com is not my website. I just want to clarify that. Right, right. Yes, that's, that's right. That's my boss's website. That's right. Yes, just <laughs> totally to clarify, people in the homeschooling realm are probably very familiar with Brave Writer. Um, but outside of the homeschooling realm, yeah, that's that's a very good distinction to make. It is, it is a sort of hub for people to go um, for writing classes for their kids. Is, is there also adult writing or is it is it mostly aimed towards like students? It's mostly aimed towards students. Okay. Every now and then we'll let some adults in classes, but we um, we don't very often. We do, however, we're not limited to homeschoolers, um, and we work with kids all around the world because okay. our classes our classes are only four to six weeks long. Oh, okay. So, but uh, we do get public school and other schooling kids that add it on as an additional because we teach a bunch of fun classes, okay. and it's kind of a different philosophy of teaching writing, and it's not so painful. Yes. <laughs> for kids and parents. So it's really a delight to get to work for them. So I'm just an instructor for Brave Writer. Okay. But teaching teaching those classes online was, it was amazing. It was hard. It was so hard. And my brain was so tired the first year when she was training us and everything. And, and the training is very intense to get to work for them. But it was good. And I was feeling good about my passion. and um, But I also knew that I still wanted to write. And over time, though, I began to realize that my current blog didn't reflect the type of writing I wanted to do, and it didn't really reflect our lives anymore. Mm-hmm. We weren't in the diaper phase, and some of my kids, I wanted to respect their privacy. Yes. And I realized that I could keep doing something that I, I knew I loved. I loved writing, but I could keep doing it in a format that wasn't true to myself, and it would stagnate. Or I could change it and be honest. And so we re- I rebranded last December, so not very long ago, to something that represents more accurately what I'm doing now, which is teaching and writing. Um, and lets me talk about things other than my family. I can still, I still talk about parenting because I sure. can't help it. Sure. You know, it's sort of what I do. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily have to be about my kids so much. So I was able to protect them a little more. Um, but that was one of the things where I had to realize I'm not passionate so much about this brand anymore, this image I created on the internet. I now, that's not representative of who I am. And if I kept doing it that way, I was going to shrivel up inside a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about that realization. We're going to take a quick break and um, hear from our sponsor for this week's episode. And when we come back, I want to hear a little bit more about that realization and then what kind of changes you had to make along the way to allow time in your life to do these things that you were passionate about. So we'll be right back. 
Okay, we're back. And today I'm talking with my friend and frankly, all around Wonder Woman, Laura Lynn Fanning. We are talking about how to make time to be true to yourself, to discovering your passions and then pursuing those passions. So before the break, you were kind of talking about how you had been doing writing all along the way, but you came to that moment of realizing that it was maybe not energizing you in the same way that other types of writing were. So mm-hmm. it actually, I think it takes a lot of courage to break away from something that you've been doing for so long, especially, you know how it is when you've invested a ton of time into something. I mean, to somebody who, um, I mean, it, it, I'm sure there's correlations across all different kinds of disciplines and different um career focuses. Um, But that's, I mean, when you've been doing something for years to confront it and say, frankly, not only is this energizing, sometimes it's draining to me. And then making those changes so that you can go after the things that do bring you energy, that do bring you fulfillment. That's a really big deal. It really Mm -hmm. is. And I know you, it was quite a process for you to kind of figure out, okay, what's this going to look like? Well, it takes a while for me to admit to myself that something that I've been doing, I'm loyal. That's probably something to do with my personality type too. You would know. Yes. (laughs) But it did. It took me a while to admit to myself that this doesn't feel comfortable anymore. And this feels like a burden. Um, And I think that's always a warning sign. If it feels like a burden, it's probably not where you should be spending your time. And I'll, I'll mention something about that in a minute, but, um, I think it was just important to stay true to the person that I, I was, to the gifts that I feel like I've been given and recognizing that we all have more than one gift. So it's okay for me to like to teach and to like to write. That's but right. one thing that I realized was that teaching exhausts me. Ah, uh, yes. When I come home from a day of teaching in co-ops, I am not a good mama. I need to sit <laughs> in my room for a minute and yes. have a time out. Yes. And, um, when I have been writing for a morning, I come out of my room energized and ready to jump in. And, oh, there's my passion. Yes. However, let me say this. Teaching others to find that joy in their own writing, so worth the exhaustion. Mm. So that's where I found the balance is I know I can't say yes to 40 hours a week of teaching because I'm, I'm not there. That's not my personality. But I do know that it's worth the exhaustion in small amounts. Right. Yes. <laughs> To, to help others find the contentment and the, the joy that I've found with writing for myself. You know, I think that's such a great distinction. I'm so glad that you said that because I think sometimes when we do discover that thing that energizes us, that we're so passionate about, we think we don't understand how we're going to scale it. You know, we kind of think we have to be like jump all in, like all the hours, all the time has to go to this because it is my passion. And if I don't tend to it, you know, either I'm going to be miserable or it'll die or whatever. I think that's such a great point that you can scale it down to fit either the season of life that you're in, your personality, what opportunities are available as they come along. It doesn't have to be like your complete, your whole life becomes consumed by this thing. And plus, that's just not reality for most, for most people anyway. No. And I think, I mean, grown uping is hard. It is. And it would be super easy to just overfill our lives with even good obligations and all the million little ways that we have to serve and nurture. And even with doing the things that we love, we can say yes to too much. And so you have to leave room for rest and for finding your sparkle yes. so that you can, you can keep, you know, being glittery because it, if you don't rest and, and, and rejuvenate, and take care that you don't overcommit, 
then you won't be able to do anything well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So in this process of figuring out what this is going to look like on a practical level, because I'm sure we have people who are listening, um, whether they're moms or not, they're listening and they're, they're thinking, okay, so you homeschool seven kids, you have actual professional obligations in terms of your teaching. And yet, somehow in your free time, you're not only writing like on a personal blog, but you're writing a novel. Like, <laughs> How many hours in the day do you have? But I know that you've gone through some trial and error of figuring out, like, I do have this many hours. How do I make it work? Unfold for us how you figured out what this is going to look like. And then really, actually, what does it look like in your day-to-day life? First of all, I would say picture it like a funnel. And every year that we age, we revamp and we narrow down and become a little more focused. So you know, four or five years ago when my baby was no longer so high maintenance and I discovered I can do all the things. Think of that as the top of the funnel. And I'm just slowly this marble circling around and getting more and more narrowed down into like, I've walked away from a leadership position that I really care about recently because I didn't feel like I could be effective in it anymore. And I also, I'm ready to focus on my own writing. Mm -hmm. And it was, I had to make a choice and I realized it does come down to these choices and I'm more picky about what classes I teach and just constantly narrowing a little bit more so that I can spend, this is going to sound weird, but I spend less time doing stuff I'm more passionate about. Oh, that doesn't sound weird at all. It totally makes sense. Right? So the less things I'm committed to, then I can spend even less time, but doing things that are so important to me and it feels so fulfilling as opposed to doing 50 things that I'm, I'm kind of meh about. Right. Yeah. So, oh, I love that. Um, so finding the balance and the time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> for one thing, um, I do struggle with, uh, guilt about, you know, I'm in here writing. Writing is very insular and that feels very selfish, especially that like, why did God give me that hobby? You know, I have seven kids. Didn't he know I needed to be crafty so that we could craft every day as a family? And instead he said, no, you should write words by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, I have a very wise husband who said, no, this is, this is your thing. We know it's your thing and you should do it because it makes you a better mama when you're doing your thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, he encourages me to get away and to take the time, but also he says, tell the kids what you're doing. And, and I realized I want to be the type of person that I want them to become. And if I want them to be balanced, creative people, even when they're in the midst of raising my grandbabies, which I do, Mm -hmm. then I have to model that for them. Oh, that's so good. So I decided, okay, I'm going to tell them. And the whole novel writing thing, I wouldn't even admit to myself that I was doing that for a while. But when I finally admitted that this is what is happening to me, um, and then I had to tell the kids because I would just disappear with my laptop and they were like, well, we don't know what she's doing. And so I told them what I was doing. I asked for their help. I said, I want to finish this. I don't want to be one of those people who starts a novel and never finishes, who's mm-hmm. always writing it. Mm-hmm. But And I said, so I want you guys to help me. So we talk about it at dinner. We talk about the plot. And even one time I had promised myself 30 minutes on a Sunday afternoon, you know, it was precious time, but I was going to sit out in the living room with everybody with my noise canceling headphones so that I could still be part of the family. And one of my daughters walked up to me. She said, mommy, what can we do fun with you now? And I was like, oh, dagger heart. Yes. I know it. I know. I I cut my eyes over to my husband and he goes, no. You promised yourself 30 minutes. See if you can include her. So I said, okay, baby. 
here's the part of the story where I'm at. And I didn't have to give her the whole plot. I just said, imagine there's a guy and there's a spy. And I gave her like just a tiny bit. I said, now you draw on a piece of paper what you think is going to happen next. Ooh, that's so good, girl. You are good. That was Holy Spirit or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, And and my husband over there being wise and looking at me like, you can do it. Um, So anyway, so she got out crayon and she drew her part of the story. And I would check in with her every few minutes. And she said, well, what did you say, mommy? And I'd tell her what I had written. And so it was a sweet little time to include her and still be able to be creative. Yes. Yes. And I won't ever forget that scene in that book. That's right. (laughs) That is so true. I love that because I know I struggle with that. Uh, The majority of the work that I do to create Sort of Awesome Every Week, I do at home. Um, And so my kids do see me working a lot. And and I definitely struggle with that guilt thing, but being able to take the perspective of inviting them into that in in some moments, that's that's really huge. I really love that. Yeah, it's fun. I think when I finished the first draft of the novel and I wrote the end, I had a good cry, had a little drink, and then <laughs> and then the first thing I wanted to do was tell my kids. Oh, that's so great. They had supported me and and been cheering me on, and they did. They cheered the loudest. Because you did it, you know, you, yes. you wrote this thing. They're like, now when can we read it? And I was like, well, <laughs> maybe I should edit it first. Um, <laughs> so another thing is, you know, they're always, moms are always talking about balance. And I, I do think there is a balance. Um, but I, I read somewhere that balance is a myth. It's mm. like a unicorn mm-hmm. that we try to balance a day. And really what we should be balancing is our week because you cannot accomplish all of the good things in one single day. We can't be perfect mom and perfect wife and perfect homeschool mama and perfect uh, employee and perfect passionate creator all in one day. Right. There's, there's not enough hours. You're exactly right. So instead I try to look at it in terms of my week. How can I balance my week? If I, uh, played Play-Doh, built Lego men, and we did all the glitter crafts one day, then I know that it's probably okay for the next day. I'll stay inside. You guys go play outside with the dogs, and I'm going to type and write Mm -hmm. for a few minutes. And then the next day, maybe I have to do all the housework I put off the other two days. Look for balance in the week, because we'll beat ourselves up at the end of every day. You know what it feels like. You crawl into bed, and you go, this is what I forgot to do. This is when I yelled at this kid, and you beat yourself up all the time. And in reality, if we'll just see that I have tomorrow to focus on doing this better, that by the end of the week, we can pull together a pretty balanced week full of very good things, but, and without all the guilt. Without the guilt. That is the key. I have actually kind of been fumbling away finally, almost two years into creating Sort of Awesome, have kind of stumbled into those patterns myself, like really looked at my schedule, looked at our family schedule, looked at my kids' needs, looked at marriage stuff and tried to figure out what does this look like on a weekly basis, condensing work days into the middle of the week so that I've got a buffer on either side of the weekend and weekends are totally family time. And so I'm still working on it. It's a process because some weeks I'm like, yes, I really rocked it this week. And then another week will come along and be like, well, I failed on all ends (laughs) this week. So, um, but I, I love that you are saying, you know, look at it over time. You know, sometimes when we talk about it, it reminds me when you say that, that a lot of times when um, 
parents have toddlers who are who are weaning and they're moving into solids and everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're not getting a balanced meal at every single meal. I heard that same advice that look at what they eat across the span of a week and see where the balance is there. And I think it's the same thing when we're feeding ourselves to make sure that we can um, explore our passions, nurture and develop our passions, but still take care of the things that we want to and that we're responsible for that are the more practical things. Yes. I mean, that's why my bullet journal spread is weekly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I want to see a bigger picture because yes. I could yes. kill myself in a day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. There's just too much to do. Um, and I think your point about the weekend is family. That was one of the things that I had written down was designate a rest day. Mm, yes. Um, I try to have all of my work stuff done so that Sundays are mine to um, pursue whatever thing I'm dabbling in on the side and to hang with my family. I mean, we have other time together, obviously. Um, but that just a, a day to rest my brain Yes, to not do any, I think Kelly Gordon says mm-hmm. Sabbath is for not doing any of the half twos. That's right. And even if it's just, I know some of you have little babies and this is not your season to accomplish all the things, but Promise yourself one nap time a week mm-hmm. where you don't do what you have to do. Don't clean out the dishwasher. Yeah. Sit down and do what that thing that fuels you because I think that's super important. I agree. I do. The last thing um, I thought of is to reduce decision fatigue. Um, we make 879 decisions a day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Better, what's for lunch? Can I wear this shoe? Is this child dressed properly? Whatever it is that you're deciding and it will wear you out. Um, And so when I felt stretched the thinnest, my very wise husband told me, make a list of everything you do in a day. Every single thing. Every time you get up and walk to the pantry to do something, write it down. So after I had done that and cried a little, um, (laughs) because it was a really long list, um, he said, okay, so now circle all the things that are real pain points. What are the things that you either are dreading or that are hard for you? And then let's talk about those. Why are they hard? Um, what could we do to make it easier? What are some things that you could pass off to other kids? Or maybe I need to take one of his things and he takes one of mine. How can we balance this better so that like something small that I realized I was dreading lunchtime so much that the 11 to 12 o'clock hour was miserable for me because I was in the back of my head trying to figure out what's for lunch. How am I going to fix it? You know, how, do we have any fruit, whatever the thing was. And so once we had gone through all that, then we were able to kind of get organized because a meal plan of very specific, we have this for breakfast, this for 1030 snack, this for lunch, this for 330 snack, this for dinner. And it's on a spreadsheet on the wall that just reduced my decision-making by at least 50 to a hundred a day Yes, because yeah. seven kids will come and ask you what's for snack right? and multiply that by however many times a day we have snack and you will lose your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Yeah. So and I also had to learn to outsource. Um, and there are ways to outsource that don't involve like, you know, hiring a full-time a personal sure. assistant. Um, there are lots of ways to outsource now that don't involve, being really extreme. Um, I have actually, I'm going to confess this. I have someone that does my meal planning for me. Oh, wow. She's, she enjoys it. And so we trade off and it doesn't cost me that much, but she's saving me tons of money because there's not frantic trips to the store. She tells me what's on sale. She, you know, and I know that the food's in the house. I do all the cooking. She's not doing the cooking for me, but it's just, she has the plan. 
Yes. And it's on the wall. And that little bit of outsourcing has changed our lives. I love that. Love it. Yeah. yeah it's all I have a plan. <laughs> it makes a huge difference. It does. And I love that your husband was like, let's look for the pain points. I think a lot of times you're right. Like you sit down and make a list of everything and it just, it can feel like they're all equal. But in mm-hmm. reality, like emotionally and in the execution of it, they're not all equal. Of course, there are definitely those things that you're just like, oh, if I could just take this off my list. Well, like get creative and figure out what that would look like if it wasn't yeah. on your list anymore. And it doesn't mean that I never do anything unpleasant. I mean, sure, of course. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to still do the unpleasant things, but it just means that the things that are unpleasant are there's less of them or we have a way that to make them more palatable. That's um, right. Yeah. That's so. And we have some strange things in our budget that are non-negotiable because of outsourcing, you know, that we all will put date night in when we had little babies. Mm-hmm. Date night was a non-negotiable in the budget mm-hmm. because we can't go be parents if our marriage isn't strong. That kind of thing, it becomes helpful. It does. So. It does. And it helps you. Yeah. It helps you to just kind of sort through and figure out like if money's tight, you know, what gets cut, but what actually has to stay. So, right like that a lot. Well, one thing that is really important, I think, for all of us in understanding how we go about living out our days is understanding our personalities, how we experience the world around us. And I know as an ISFJ, you're one of the introverted types. ISFJs are very social people. Usually they have lots of social connections. They have they're they're people people but they're also introverts. So they need that recovery time. So I'd love to hear really quickly before we wrap up, just kind of like, how do you protect those introversion needs in your life when you have all of these people around you? (laughs) Well, it's helpful to know that my husband works from home, which is currently, um, which is a blessing and a curse in ways because it just means there's one more person here. Um, And I love getting to spend time with him, but it means I spend lunch with him and all the coffee breaks. And so I did have a point, um, it was probably a year ago where I finally looked up and said, I love you so much, but I have got to be alone. And it, you know, he was a verbal processor. And so it was just real easy for us to slide into spending all of our time talking. And by nine or 10 PM, I'm just done. Mm -hmm. So he bless him. He understood and was so sweet about it. So he started, um, I can call a timeout. And, and after dinner, um, I can say, I got to go to my room and, (laughs) and he handles, he and the kids handle cleanup and he gets them, you know, through, and then I can come back out for, you know, good nights and putting the kids to bed. But just, it was just a little bit of time. And I kind of realized that I just had really emptied my tank. I'd gone too far into just never being alone. So for a while, it was like he sent me back to my room for a whole hour. Mm-hmm. And then we've managed to shorten that time because I've learned to realize when I'm at crisis levels or when I'm feeling a little like I need to be alone, we're much more aware of it now. And it's much easier for me to say, I just need five minutes. Let yes. me run to my room and just be silent. And so that just like a quick little code between us, um, you know, just later in the day, it's not during his work hours or anything, but um, when I need a timeout, I can ask for it. Yes. And that gives us that. And then I don't know. I I think I, I, sometimes I'm alone in the car, but rarely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think you make such a great point as you, I think as you get to know yourself and and understand how you experience the world, I do think you become more sensitive to when those like um, warning flags come up, like I'm feeling super drained or I'm really, really, really overscheduled. 
and I'm going to stop right now and fix it instead of letting myself get to a crisis point because I'm taking care of and I'm responding to the to the warnings as they're coming up. So, yes. Yeah, I think the noise level at the end of dinner can often for an HSP kind of person like me can be too much. So that's always a good time for me to peace out. Yes. Go have a piece of chocolate and sit with my noise canceling headphones from you. Those I highly recommend for anybody. (laughs) Okay. Those are worth the splurge. Buy them used off Craigslist. Okay. Awesome. We, I will, I will find out from you which brand you recommend and I'll pop those into the show notes for anybody who wants to invest in a pair for themselves. I like that. So you just did this whole redesign. You relaunched under your name, which that is a bold step too. I love it. LaurelynFanning.com. Do you have projects coming up or anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I'm looking for an agent for my book. That's sort of my next Yay, step. That's so official. I love it. I love yes. it. <laughs> um, and other than that, I'm just still plugging along. It's nice to have it rebranded and I'm working on some teaching stuff, but that's, that's it. It's just nice to have something that feels a little more comfortable and a little more us, a little more me. I like it. And it's beautiful too. In fact, we will put that into the show notes. Anybody who wants to find your new home on the web can go to lauralynfanning.com to find that. But where else can we find you social media wise all around the web? Um, on Instagram, I'm at lauralynfanning and it's L-O-R-A. That's right. Way, yes. Just in case anyone needs to know. And I'm at lauralynfanning on Twitter. And my Facebook page is lauralynfanning. All right. So, that's that makes it super easy for us to find you. I and, try. <laughs> and you are in the hangout group too. So people who want to have any kind of follow up conversation, we can tag you and, and talk about some of these um, practical applications as well. Mm-hmm. So just as a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sort of awesome Meg, you can find the show on Instagram at sort of awesome show. We are also on Twitter now. So if you are the tweeting type, you can find us over there at sort of awesome pod. And you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sort of awesome. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created by me, Megan Teets, and is produced each week in collaboration with Kelly Gordon, Rebecca Hoffert, and Laura Tremaine. Visit us on the web at SortaAwesomeShow.com, where you can sign up for the show's newsletter, connect with the Sorta Awesome community, and find show notes for each episode of Sorta Awesome. Music is provided by the band Prager. Find out more at PragerMusic.com. We'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome. Thank you once again to PrepDish.com for sponsoring today's episode. To make the magic of meal planning work for you, head on over to PrepDish.com slash sorta awesome to start your two-week free trial. Thank you so much to PrepDish.com.